You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out on this Friday morning in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe over at the ESP Sports Talk 97.7 headquarters in Ruston. We find John Tabor. Where's the fine job? I hadn't done it in a long time. A long time. Very long time. Happy Friday, man. Yeah. I'm very excited it's Friday. Yes. Uh, A lot to talk about over the next two hours. Of course, we want to hear from you. Get your input on the Stuart Shelby State Farm hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Go to StuartShelby.com for a free quote. Got a lot going on, uh, postseason basketball in the girls' high school ranks. Yep. Boys, of course, closing out the regular season tonight. You got a uh, college baseball season, opening day. Several great matchups we'll get into, Mother Nature permitting. And, of course, uh, plenty of college hoops. Plenty of college hoops that took place last night. What a day yesterday was. Not only did, you know, you have all that going on, but Carol also announced its new head coach, who we'll have on the show later on. Yes, uh Alex Tank Washington, formally introduced to Carroll fans, but obviously they know him pretty well after he played for uh, the Bulldogs and then was an assistant coach there last year. He takes over the reins of that program. More on Carroll's new head man coming up later in the show. You want to start with ULM or Tech? Doesn't matter to me. You choose. Uh, Let's start with uh, the game that happened first, that being ULM versus Texas Arlington. Talked about the Warhawks streak and how would they carry the momentum coming off two big wins against Georgia State and Georgia Southern against the Texas Arlington squad. They, of course, won the regular season last year in the Sun Belt Conference. I think ULM answered that question nicely with an 84-71 victory. They were up by as much as a 25 in this game, Jake. Mm. And, you know, they took the pedal off the gas just a little bit, and the Mavericks are a dangerous squad. But ultimately... The Warhawks with the big win at home. They continue to roll along. Three straight wins, now winners of five of the last six. Mm-hmm. Uh, and <clears throat> Sam McDaniel stayed hot, man. 19 points and four three-pointers. Mike Martell was awesome, led the way with 20 points. And, you know, Marvin Jean-Pierre was sneaky good again. I mean, with his defense, he's always been good with his defense. And then last night gives you 15 points and 10 rebounds. So all in all, a great team victory for ULM. You look back at this matchup in this game, and, of course, uh, one of the reasons why ULM has been successful recently going with that smaller lineup and also their ability to knock down the three-pointer. You go back to last week when they hit 12 against Georgia Southern and then 17 versus Georgia State. So last night they go out and they knock down 13 three-pointers. You mentioned uh, McDaniel getting four of those. Uh, Munnings hit four others, and a couple of those were, were big ones. A lot of different momentum swings in this ball game. It looked like uh, Texas Arlington in the first half was going to be quite a contest for the Hawks, but ultimately ULM takes a 41-34 lead at the half. Second half, the big explosion early on. Then, of course, uh, they coast to the win, winning by 13. Texas Arlington, uh, we mentioned when we had Keith Richard on the show, a lot of the talk was about the six foot eight Kevin Hervey, uh, preseason player of the year in the conference. ULM pretty much for the most point uh, neutralized him. He finished with uh, 12 points as he was just 5 of 17 from the field. The kid that was dynamic, and he also feels like he's been there forever, Eric Neal, the little guard, 
check out these numbers. Uh, field goals, 13 of 19. Three-pointers, 9 of 12. Oh, man. Kid could not miss. He finished with uh, 35 points. He did run out of gas. About three and a half, four minutes to go, he takes himself out of the game and literally is on the bench just trying to chill mm. and catch his second wind or third win. He came back with about a minute to go, but obviously it was over at that point. Yeah. Huge victory. Got Still got that momentum going, man. Three straight wins uh, against quality opponents. Uh, good for ULM. It's an exciting time for the Warhawks. Uh, another big challenge this uh, Saturday is uh, Texas State will come in. Uh, they're also one of the better teams in the conference. I believe they were tied for, what, a third or fourth going into last night. Uh, so we'll see how ULM fares. They now move to 12-12 and 12 in the year, 6-7 and seven in conference play. I will say this. Uh, once again, was a disappointment with the crowd last night. I reported uh, 1,439 there last night to watch ULM. And, I mean, this is an exciting brand of basketball they're playing right now. Yeah, um, and did it even look like it was that many in the no. crowd, honestly? No. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, that, that's what I told somebody yesterday. I was like, I said, I hope that, you know, people show up and, and, and watch this team play because of what they just did on the road with George, with the Georgia teams. But, you know, I'm not holding my breath just because we've, we've kind of seen this play out time and time again. Uh, this team is, like I said, uh, fun to watch the way, the ability they have to get up and down the court. We think about the matchup problems that they would have on the defensive side, but you mentioned Marvin Jean-Pierre. He kind of helps neutralize that with his athletic ability and, of course, Munnings and Sam McDaniel and their ability to play bigger than they are. It actually presented more problems for Texas Arlington for them to just to try to keep up with uh, ULM. I mentioned, of course, Hervey. The other big guy, uh, the West Virginia transfer, or Virginia Tech transfer, the seven-footer Johnny Hamilton, he was pretty much a, a non-factor in this ball game. just had a total of two points. Texas Arlington looks the part with their size and their athleticism, and, of course, the guard, Neil. But overall, they couldn't hang with ULM last night. Couldn't hang with ULM. Love it. Uh, then the later game last night on uh, CBS Sports Network, uh, Louisiana Tech against UAB. Nice win for uh, the Duncan Dogs, a game that was tied with, what, uh, about 10 and a half minutes to go at 47. Then the Bulldogs go on a 9-2 run. Yeah, and they forced 17 turnovers. So they won this game with their defensive effort, which is, you know, if, if you're a coach, you always love to see that. And, you know, February, this is separation month. You know, this is you're getting down to the nitty-gritty. You're, you're getting close to March. And you're either trending upwards or trending downwards. It's like all the coaches say, you're you're constantly either getting better or constantly getting worse. I think right now you see both Tech and ULM, they are trending upwards. They are getting better when it, when it counts the most. Dogs knocked down 11 three-pointers last night. They had at least four dunks in this game, including a two-handed 360-degree slam by DeRucci, uh, the freshman. Very impressive. Jake mentioned the fact that they forced 17 turnovers. How about you have a nine steals and six blocks in the game, and then uh, Derek Jean uh, taking four charges in this contest. Four players in double figures for uh, Louisiana Tech. Another big win for them. Jake mentioned the fact that they're streaking, but now they run into uh, perhaps the best team in the conference record-wise. They certainly are Middle Tennessee, now 13-1 and in league play and 21-5 and overall. Tech gets their chance at them or their shot at them on Saturday at home. Give me that RPI. Uh, it hasn't been updated since last night. 26 Ooh. for the Blue Raiders. Wow. Are they a bubble team? I think so, right? Yeah. 
No, that this is a huge matchup. Uh, a great opportunity for Louisiana Tech to to get a big time win against against a great opponent. Uh, also, this weekend you have uh, Grambling playing host to Jackson State, the SWAC leading Grambling Tigers. Yeah. Uh, they have won ten straight. They are leading, uh, of course, just like I said, the, the SWAC. Uh, Jackson State comes into town on Saturday, and then of course your bubble team, the LSU Tigers. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, it's a great time to be a basketball fan in this area. You got all three teams really playing well uh, when it matters the most. So all three at home come Saturday. On the women's side, news not so good. I believe the ULM women have now lost uh, 10 straight, and the Lady Texters uh, had the lead in the third quarter, but they ultimately fall last night also. Speaking of women, should I go ahead and give these scores for girls' basketball last night playoff? Sure. Do we have, you know, the split? Do we have some uh, yeah. eye-popping stats or Honestly, you know, I was I was looking at it, and it wasn't – it's not as bad. There are a few here and there. Like, I saw a 100-point game. Uh, but overall, man, it, was, it wasn't like last year. I just remember last year shaking my head as I was looking at the scores. And this year, it, was, it seemed to be a little bit more competitive. And you said that uh, there was three top ten teams or top ten seeds. College teams. basketball teams. Oh. Yeah, top ten college basketball teams lost last night. That was Cincinnati, uh, Purdue, and Ohio State. Uh, which, was, which was pretty big news. And we've got some more college basketball news to get to later on. But let me let me reel off these scores real quick. West Monroe fell to number 17, Thibodeau, 52 to 41. You were at that game. I was at that game, and it was one of those it was one of those games where it was like nothing. It was just not West Monroe's night. Like they couldn't get any loose balls. I mean, balls would rim in and out, and they they went ice cold for a period there in the third quarter, and Thibodeau had this girl that was a monster inside, and West Monroe just didn't have any answers for her. So Thibodeau got that win. Uh, Ruston beat uh, Chalmette 53-38. to Washita beat Airline 51-29. Neville rolled over Bastrop 71-36, to one of the more impressive scorers on the night. Uh, Booker T. Washington upset West Washita 63-41. to Tensaw beat Haynesville 59-51. Ravel beat Beatman Charter 53-25. Marksville beat Richwood in a squeaker 64-61. Uh, Sacred Heart upset OCS 34-30. Mangum beat Port Allen 59-35. Kaplan beat Sterlington 38-32 in overtime. Uh, Wasman beat Cohen Prep 52-21. Grand Lake beat Oak Grove 49-24. And Carroll beat Bruley. 51 to 20. Hopefully I got everybody. That was uh, no lower classifications. That was it? Or close to everybody. Yeah, I mean, I was. I'm sure you missed one or two. If I'm you did, uh, hit them up, 888-993-7762. Uh, I was kind of calculating or doing uh, little marks over here. I think that means uh, Northeast Louisiana squads or North Louisiana squads went nine and six last night. Uh, Trent says, uh, hey, Jake, my best friend and his wife scheduled their wedding October 13th. They're upset because I told them Georgia and LSU were playing. I haven't missed a game since 95. Friends come and sometimes go, but LSU is forever. Go Tigers. Mm. I'm with you, Trent. I mean, do not schedule a fall wedding. Have we not learned anything? Mm. Yeah. And Quint says, uh, this college basketball has the most parity I've ever seen. This could be the year a 16 beats a one seed. I completely agree, Quint, because I – absolutely trust no one when it comes to March Madness this year. Everyone is beatable, and that's what's going to make it even more fun. 
Even a 16 against a one? I mean, it's saying like if, if a 16 seed is ever going to beat a one seed, it would be this year just because of how inconsistent the top teams in, in the country have been. Hmm. Opening day for college baseball. Mother Nature, of course, uh, wreaking a little bit of a havoc with the schedule. ULM, in fact, has uh, pushed up their game. They will play this afternoon. They'll actually play a doubleheader to start their year. The Diamond Dogs are on the road squaring off against Pepperdine. You have Grand Wing and Southern squaring off down in New Orleans. And down in the box, you got LSU and Notre Dame. Yeah, so I'm glad it's here, man. I'm pumped. I'm pumped up for it. Uh, we'll get to you know Michael Federico later on in the show. We'll get to talk to him about ULM, and uh, of course uh, we'll keep our we'll keep monitoring uh, you know Tech and, and Pepperdine, and we'll also you know get to get to discover or, or dive into uh, Grambling as they get ready for another uh, season where you know they look to make a push in conference play. That is part of the uh, starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pain Care. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. This guy crying? Let's get to the starting lineup. Look forward to catching up with you, ULM head baseball coach Michael Federico. He will join us at the bottom of the hour at 7:30. Carroll's new head football coach Alex Tank Washington. You need a good nickname, Jake. Ringo's not good. It's not bad. It's not as good as Tank. Have you ever had a nickname? Uh, not really. Didn't somebody call you Deets one time? Not that I recall. Somebody texted Deets one time. 745 Alex Tank Washington will join us at 830. Grand Wings head baseball coach James Cooper will join us as they have made their way down to the Big Easy. And at 845, our weekly visit with Joey Trapet. Yes, indeed. Plus your calls, your texts, 888-993-7762. Light it up. And we have our Olympic Minute moment uh, coming up later in the show. You got we, something good? We missed it yesterday. So that means we should be able to go like two minutes. <laughs> Don't hold your breath, brother. Still not in. Still I'm not still pl- not in, man. So when you're flipping around, it doesn't pause for a second. No. And yesterday was so busy, I, I barely even got to watch TV. But um, whenever I'm sitting at home and I'm flipping, I go right past the world. Right past. You know what it has done, though? It's taken the wall off uh, the air for a couple of weeks. You haven't watched The Wall? I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's a great game show. It's must-see. Describe it for me. Uh, there's a wall. I, I put that together. And they put balls at the top, and they fall down. Like Plinko. This. Yeah, exactly. That's ripping off Plinko. It's good, though. Oh, come and, on. And then there's a little bit of uh, you know trivia involved throughout the game. It's well done. You watch some weird LeBron shows. LeBron James. You watch old people shows. <laughs> well, I'm getting there. Uh, LeBron James is actually a producer of that show. I don't think he's sitting up there in the uh, control room. No, I don't think so. <laughs> His name's on it, though. The Wall. I'll check it out. Hey, well, you got to wait. got to wait for the Winter Olympics. Well, show. I'm upset that they ripped off Planko. <laughs> We're back after this on the morning drive. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. 
Visit RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Keep the text coming, 888-993-7762. Jake, what was it about uh, four or five months ago when the FBI arrested, uh, what, 10 10. guys in the sweeping federal probe involving college basketball? And we thought, oh, uh, this is going to boil over even more. We're going to see more headlines in the upcoming months. And since then, it's been relatively quiet. It's been relatively quiet until yesterday when Pete Thamel dropped a bomb on everybody with Yahoo Sports. Came out with a long piece. Uh, if you haven't read it, I encourage you to go over to yahoo.com and read it. It's very interesting because he describes it as this whole situation as a ticking time bomb. Now, they have a uh, protective order on it right now, so so we're still waiting for this to come out and reveal who all is going to be involved but he talked with some sources and some of these quotes if you're if you're connected to one of these blue bloods or if you're just a a super college basketball hardcore fan these quotes are worrisome because it's 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 definitely i'll read one for instance this is from uh, a source with direct knowledge of the situation chuckling at the thought you are better off changing the rules talking about paying for players the crazy part of this business is none of the kids are free. Listen to this. NCAA officials are staring at the prospect of a tournament with a winner that will likely be vacating its title and many others eventually vacating their appearances. So this is going to spread or cast a large net over college basketball. And it seems like, you know, if, if in this story, it talks about how Hall of Fame coaches will go down Big-time programs will suffer. So this is this is going to be big whenever it hits. Now, the evidence includes uh, wiretaps from uh, 4,000 yeah. intercepted mm-hmm. calls and thousands of documents and bank records obtained from raids and confiscated computers. The only thing that i got to take a little bit of a grain of salt with this story is whenever you're using, you know, sources. And, of course, Unnamed you, sources. you have to, for stories like this, you do. But just, I mean, because you, know, you, you mentioned the one quote, and it does stand out. Here it is from an unnamed source says this goes a lot deeper in college basketball than four corrupt assistant coaches said a source who's been briefed on the details of the case. When all this comes out, Hall of Fame coaches should be scared. Lottery picks won't be eligible to play and almost half of the 16 teams 
the NCAA showed on its initial NCAA tournament show this weekend should worry about their appearance being vacated. <laughs> yeah. So, listen, right now it's all hearsay. You know, we, we haven't gotten any any actual details. But if you're reading that story, I, I read that story yesterday and go, man, something big is going to happen pretty soon. Like whenever this all comes out and there's not a time frame on it, uh, because, like I said, it's under protective order. But whenever it does eventually come out, it's going to hit college basketball really hard. So will it change the way the game is played or the way that recruiting is how do you How do you change that, though? That's my question. Like, if everyone is cheating, and let's face it, like we can akin this to, to college football. I don't want to say that everybody's cheating, but, Aaron, everybody's cheating. Like, everybody's doing something. Like, everybody's bending the rules somehow, or else you wouldn't get kids. I mean, the, the, the stories that you hear from time to time uh, where people actually reveal what went down, I mean, you know something's going on. But, like I said, it seems like mostly everybody's doing it. So, how do you come hard on one school when there, there are several other schools doing the same thing? And so, what is this going to do to the sport? That's my question, is what? How does the, how does the sport survive this? Like, how do you... Like the quote said, you're better off changing the rules. And I think he said that tongue-in-cheek. But it's almost gotten to that point where, yeah, you kind of need to. Like, or, or else, what are you going to do, discipline everybody? Mm-hmm. And then those who, who, you know, the really good programs that didn't get caught in this, is it a case where they simply just didn't get caught? Like they just, like they did the same thing, but they didn't leave out any evidence. They were smarter about it. You know what I mean? So, it brings up a lot of questions, like and I questions that I don't have answers to. I don't think anybody really has answers to. So in this article from uh, Yahoo Sports, they asked, so how could how bad could it be? In terms of NCAA rules, multiple sources told Yahoo Sports that the material obtained threatens the fundamental structure and integrity of the sport, as there's potentially as many as 50 college basketball programs that can end up compromised in some way. Among the documents expected to be in the uh, case are the records of a guy named uh, Anthony Andy Miller, who bankrolled the middleman. So then their quote from one of the sources was, if the NCAA is going to get to Andy Miller's bank records, God bless him, I don't know what they're going to do. You're better off changing the rules, as Jake said. The crazy part of this business is that none of the kids are free. So... Yeah, I don't know how you fix that. I don't know what's going to happen, but I am looking forward to the day where all of this comes out and you get to peek, you get a nice peek inside of what goes down in a college basketball institution. How are they getting these top lottery picks? And quite frankly, Aaron, I kind of, I kind of ex- expect LSU to be in- included in this just because they got Ben Simmons a couple years ago, right? I mean, so I, I just want to keep an eye out for that and, and see. You know, who was paid what and, and how deep this really goes. And who, you know, Duke just got the top three recruits, uh, according to ESPN's, you know, um, top top uh, mm-hmm. ranked prospects. Now, how did they get the top three? Is it just because of Coach K's name alone? Is it because Duke is, is such an awesome play, place to play? I don't know. Or is there something else going on there? Well, that's the thing. Even if you are innocent, then you're going to be dragged into it just exactly. because of how successful you exactly. are. And it's then, of like, course, the recruits you get. And then you look at the momentum that college base basketball generates every year. You know, now it really starts to take off. And, of course, with March Madness right around the corner, Jonathan says, well, wouldn't it suck if the report came out at the opening weekend of the tournament 
putting a damper on the excitement of the best weekends in sports. Exactly. And it's like like you said, you know, even if you are innocent, you're going to still be questioned. You're still going to be viewed in a guilty light. And it's kind of like, uh, you know, you can you can think back to when the steroid stuff happened with baseball. Like, I didn't know who to trust. Like, even if, you know, somebody wasn't found, um, you know, guilty of using steroids, I still looked at them. You just looked at them like, man, that guy's jacked up. He's in shape. And his his home run production increased by uh, seven or eight home runs. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I went to a A's um, Texas Rangers game and, like, right in the middle of the steroid era. And we sat behind home plate. Like, we sat right behind the the on-deck circle. And the dude's forearms, like every single player. I was like, oh, my God, is that what they actually look like? Like, they look superhuman. And then they come find out they're all, most of them taking steroids. Like, ah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. But I remember looking Jay at Jay quit right home, started working I remember out. looking at their forearms like, why? I don't look anything like that. <laughs> and, I, of course, I'm like, uh, what, t- 10? Yeah, I don't yeah. know how old I was. But I was just like, man, that new goals, new goals in life to look like that. But, uh, no – that's that's the part that's the, the the bad part about it just because yeah we're going to question everybody and we're going to look at every school and have that in the back of our minds well how did they get this player how did they get this player so so it's a bad light so you think there's something to this yahoo sports i do i mean the shoe's going to drop here soon i, I don't know how soon yeah. but I, I think eventually yeah just because i mean they've already you know the, the, we have this is a nice headline sources <laughs> College hoops corruption case poised to take down Hall of Fame coaches' top programs lottery picks. Yeah. So everything. Yeah. They, there's nothing else you could have added. There's another kitchen sink in there, yeah. too. Uh, Trent says Duke sounds like Ole Miss when they got Kim Dietschy, Treadwell, and others. See? Uh, I mean, you can make all sorts of connections there. Yeah. And it's, you know, until we get proof, we can't actually stick it to the wall, right? Yeah. But I think that evidence is about to come out. It's about to come out in the public. Yeah. And, Jake, I knew you messed up. Uh, somebody wants you to give the Oakdale and Darbone Wood score, please. Okay. He's looking that up as we speak. You can continue to weigh in on the Stuart Shelby State from hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Go to stuartshelby.com for a free quote. Girls' first round playoffs in the books tonight. The regular season wraps up on the boys' side. Not a lot of games on the schedule uh, and then with uh, the brackets coming out next week and their postseason play ready to start next Friday. Yeah, just because a lot of teams, you know, if they like where they are they're and, and the other team likes where they are, they're going to. I used to love they'd have these warm-up games, these turn-up right. games that did not count towards uh, your record. But, I mean, we would get some great matchups. And I tried to push for it this week I, when I visited with uh, Casey Jones and then Damon West at Rave. I said, Man, can we just get a Rabel Waspin matchup one more time? You guys can make some money. No kidding, man. But they're only allowed to play now, I believe, uh, what, 34 games overall. Mm. I think both have matched their totals. Oakdale defeated Darbonne Wood 65 to 22. Yeah. It was not a squeak. It was, it was far from a squeaker, my friend. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we'll talk a little uh, college baseball. Opening day has arrived. ULM fans fired up to check out Michael Federico's squad. You'll hear from him after the break.
growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long-term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318-255-5980 for more information or visit LegacyRehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. New Year, New You. Let Pata's Barbecue help with eating healthy. Our meats are smoked, and we have low-carb sides. Beef, turkey, chicken, ribs, and pulled pork. All slow-cooked and full of flavor. Eat healthy at a low price. Try one of our lunch specials, chicken and sausage with two sides for $6.99, or get a fourth of a chicken and two sides for $4.99. So come on in to Pata's. Drive through or use a waiter app for delivery. Two locations, 165 North in Monroe, or Splane Drive next to Walgreens in West Monroe. Pata's Barbecue, serving the South's best barbecue since 1977. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing with Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. We'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Local Sports Talk is on the air on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. We are fired up for the start of the college baseball season. It gets underway this afternoon out at Warhawk Field with new ULM head coach Michael Federico leading the Hawks. We are now joined by Coach Fed on the Stuart Shelley State Farm Hotline. How are you doing this morning, Coach? Good morning. I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. Uh, what's it like? You wake up this morning and know you get an opportunity not to play one, but uh, hopefully two games today. That's right. What's better than playing one game but playing two games? That's right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, our guys are excited. Uh, you know, the weather's going to probably be an issue this weekend, not only for us, but a lot of college baseball teams around the country. Um, but, uh, you know, we're just ready to get going and uh, – Appreciate all the support we've been getting from our administration and everything, trying to make this thing go with uh, bringing Eastern Illinois this weekend. All right, a lot of different questions here, Coach, in terms of uh, restarting this program and uh, you know getting back on top. Uh, let's just go a little bit with the, the roster and what it was like with the returning guys you have. I know you have 12 seniors, and then also going and finding out some finding some players to kind of restock this lineup. Yeah, that was the difficult thing. You know, you, you look on paper when I got the job back in July and, you know, you see what you have back. You see, you know, possibly the positions that they play and you look at their stats and you kind of try to evaluate that and then you try to, you know, build the roster, you know, around that. And, um, of course, pitching was always an issue for, I don't care if you're playing Little League or you're playing in the big leagues. It's, it's pitching's always an issue and you got to try to find arms. So, you know, we tried to address that a little bit, but um, you know, felt like we needed to bring in a, uh, an infielder, um, which we were able to do with, with Joey Jordan and um, a couple other guys as well. But, you know, the shortstop position was kind of something that we felt like that was a, a big a big need. And um, we addressed some of those things uh, depth-wise from the position players. I, I kind of like we've got some versatility in some things. But, you know, you take a guy like Turner Francis, who's returning, uh, you know, in my mind, he's one of the best hitters on our team but you know he played first base for us last year um and you know this year we moved him to left field because we've, we've tried to you know bring in some other guys around him to 
to try to make us a little bit more fundamentally sound defensively, and he's doing a good job out there. And, and you know, now it's going to be his first time in games to play in the outfield. He's always been an infielder. So um, that was kind of unique to, to, again, try to balance that roster out and figure out what, what our needs were and try to create some athleticism in some spots. And, and then, of course, like I said, the pitching depth is always a concern. I know it's hard to handicap a lineup early on. Uh, is power, is that what you're going to have to play a lot more small ball than you anticipated? Um, I won't say that it's small ball. Um, I'm not a huge guy that, you know, will, I want to bunt and give up outs and things. I think that's the hard part is if you're giving up too many outs um, to the opponent, that's it, not smart to do on a day-to-day basis. So when, when you think of small ball, a lot of people think, you know, we're going to be every time somebody gets on first base, we're going to bunt them over. Mm. Um, I don't, I don't want to play that style. I want to play aggressive. I want it to be kind of like Coach V's offense where it's, it's go, go, go. We've got some team speed. Um, you know, we're going to try to create some havoc on the basis with stealing some bags and, and um, you know, taking balls and dirt, um, trying to go from first to third. So, when again, that to me is a little part of that small ball thing because I think we've got about four or five guys in our lineup that can really run. Uh, but, you know, the, the power part of it, you know, like today, the wind's probably going to be blowing in from – uh, left field to the right field pole, and it's going to be hard to leave the yard. So um, it, it's it, when the wind's blowing in, it doesn't matter where you're playing. It, that that changes things. So I think speed shows up every day. We have some of those things. Coach Collins has uh, implemented a you know a, a, a process that they go through on the bases, and I know that those guys will follow that. And we just got to be relentless. We may get thrown out. We may do something crazy and and get thrown out at third base, and people might be thinking, hey, we're crazy. But at the same time, I, I, don't, I want our guys to remain um, confident that they can take extra bases and put the pressure on the opponent instead of putting the pressure on us that we've got to get another another, another hit to move guys up 90 feet. In terms of your rotation, you got a lot of names or some names here that look familiar, including uh, Chase Beal, who uh, continues to battle injuries. What's the rotation look like as you get ready to start things today at 3? We'll go with a, a two two transfers today. Um, Justin O'Laughlin, a right-handed pitcher, um, he he will start game one. Uh, he's a sinker ball slider guy. Um, he's been very consistent for us through the fall and, and the early spring. Uh, he's a strike thrower. He gives us a chance to let our defense kind of work, which I think again is another one of our strengths is our defensive side of things. Um, and then game two will be Trey Jeans, a left-handed pitcher transfer who actually played for a former you know, assistant coach here, Dax Leone, um, who, was, who was at Seminole State. So I'm excited about those two guys. Trey's got a little bit of a power left-handed arm. Um, he's, he's, his pitch count gets high at times, so we've got to monitor that. And, you know, early in the season, we want to try to keep all of our guys' pitch counts down a little bit. Um, then I know you just you know, kind of mentioned Chase Beal. His, his process has been, has been good. Um, he's, you know, he's, slated to be able to throw this week probably won't throw this weekend but uh he's he's you know doing everything we ask and he's been working you know diligent to, to get back to that and hopefully we can get him back on the weekend at some point uh in the near future how do you handle the pitching staff especially early in the year and how much uh, work they get and also trying to give some other guys opportunities on the mound as a starter well i think you know the early part of the season you, you got to test the waters with a lot of people you got to figure out what matchups work. Uh, we don't have, because we're starting two lefties on the weekend, we don't have a left-handed reliever. 
So, you know, we've got to find find some guys that we, we feel like can match up um, late in the game. It's going to have to be a right-hander. Who's who's going to be able to get those lefties out when we need to? Um, so we'd, I'd like to use a lot of guys early on so that we can kind of figure out who are, you know, eight, nine guys are, because that's typically what it comes down to. You know, you, you most people carry 15 to 17 arms. We have we have 15, um, but you, you know, you typically only use eight or nine on a, on a day-to-day basis. So I got to find which which guys can do that, which guys can pitch in traffic. Um, what I mean by that is guys that can come in with inherited runners. Because that's a big stat that people don't look at. You know, they they think that the pitcher that came into the game. Um, didn't get their job done well it's, it's difficult to do that especially uh, trying to mimic that in an inner squad game um that that chaos is, is crazy and all of a sudden the opponent does something whether it's trying to steal a bag or leave early and and how, how guys handle those things that's going to be the interesting part because a lot of times when you get transfers uh at, at, at the college baseball level you're getting high school arms that are usually starters or you're getting junior college arms that are usually starters and now you're putting them in you know, to those situations, and they're used to working out of their jams by by starting the inning, um, compared to, again, like I said, inheriting those runners, and that's that's why guys get paid a lot of money in the big leagues because they, they're good at those things. And um, I like I like the demeanor of our guys on the backside. We've got five or six guys that uh, are older and uh, they're mature, and and I'm excited to see them. But you know, we will have to monitor their workload so that we're not, uh, you know. Getting you know wearing them down because I want them to be strong when we go to the conference tournament at the end of the year as well. New ULM head baseball coach Michael Federico joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. Get an opportunity first eight games in the friendly confines of Warhawk Field and it starts today with a doubleheader versus Eastern Illinois. What do you know about them or what do you anticipate they'll bring tonight today? Well, ironically, I coached uh, Coach Anderson um, in summer ball years ago. Right when I got out of right when I got out into the work world in, in summer ball in Danville, Illinois. So I, I knew him a little bit uh, back in the day. Of course, he was playing. Um, you know, he's, he's an ex-big leaguer, so he's, you know, he knows a lot about baseball. And uh, his team's going to be, you know, well-prepared. Uh, weather's been a little bit an issue for them as well, just like it has here um, with some of the rain we've been getting. But uh, he's got an older kind of experienced lineup that um, – has gotten a lot of that bats. He's got some juniors and seniors that have started for you know three or four years. So you know I think from a lineup standpoint, they've got they've got a couple of really good guys that um, you know we're going to be challenged with. And then from the mound side of it, he's got a lot of new arms, uh, and he's and he's throwing um, two young guys to start. I think two of them are sophomores, and the other one's a, 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 a JUCO transfer. So we won't we don't have a whole lot of information on their arms. Um, nor do they have a lot of information on our guys. So, to me, that's not a big deal. We just got to go play our style of baseball, and uh, you know, not we want to play to our strengths and not worry about what their weaknesses are for you know this uh, this first couple weeks. We we just want to you know figure out our lineup and and how we're going to make this unit really roll offensively. And like I said, from the pitching side, who's 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 our matchup guys that we're going to use and. Uh, um, you know, my biggest thing is I'm worried about, you know, Warhawk baseball and, and whatever the Panthers bring to us, we're, we're going to handle and, and uh, we're going to navigate through it. In addition to developing players, recruiting players, filling out this roster and your staff, I know you did some things behind the scenes. You took me on a tour earlier this week. Uh, 
improving the clubhouse, the locker rooms, the coaches' offices. How important is that just to kind of change uh, the atmosphere for ULM baseball? I mean, it's huge. You know, when you, when, when guys walk into the locker room and, and, you know, they see clean carpet and they see paint on the walls and they see, uh, you know, that we've got some new TVs and stuff, it, it, it makes them feel, you know, prideful about coming to the, the ballpark, but it also makes them want to come there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I've been at some places where they don't want to come hang out in the, in the locker room. They just They just want to come to the field and it's just, Come to the field. Oh, we got to go to practice, and then they go home. And you know, we got a ping pong table and uh, a foosball table. And, and you know, I, I go in there. Of course, I'm living in the dorm right now, so I'm up there sometimes at 10:30 at night. And there's there's guys playing playing ping pong, and and they're hanging out. And I think that's that's huge that they get to know each other. I think that's part of the team bonding. Um, we've been very fortunate that some people have donated some things to us, and um, of course, my coaching staff and myself. You know, we've been working hard just painting things and, and making our guys feel prideful about it. Um, and then it helps in the recruiting side. When you when you walk a recruit, you know, into a, a, a great facility that we have, it's just, you know, it's a little bit older because it was built in, in the 80s. But, it, you know, it's this huge concrete structure. And now they're saying, oh, wow, this this place is it's, – it's got a, you know, fresh coat of paint and – um, you know, there's there's things in there, and it's it's making it's helping us out from the recruiting side of, of things as well. Which ultimately, that that's what it comes down to. We've got to get players in here year in and year out, and um, you know those those things aid in that that help of, of getting those guys on campus for us. I like you said you're living in the dorm now. Does that include the uh, meal plan? No, I, I, I decided to, uh, to to not donate my money to the meal plan. Although I have eaten on campus a couple times, but uh, right. no, I try to I try to stay away from the, the you know the the student body. I try to do my job, and uh, yeah. but uh, it's definitely been unique and interesting to do that. Uh, but but at the same time, I know the good Lord's got a plan for myself and my family, and uh, really excited about you know leading this program and uh, you know just getting going with the first pitch today. Uh, one final thing, the thing that the fans have probably noticed the most, uh, the padded walls out there, a, a sharp addition to Warhawk Field. It is. You know, on my, on my interview uh, with, with Dr. Bruno, one of, one of the last questions he asked me, he said, you know, Coach, is there anything that, you know, you would, you would want to the facility? And um, that was the first thing I said is I'd love to get a padded wall. And he kind of looked at me like I was crazy because, you know, I think some people probably, you know, want field turf or they want this or want that. But I think two things. First of all, it, it provides safety to your to your players. And um, second of all, it gives you that kind of that pro flair when you walk in. It's like walking into a big league park. Um, and it's it's just a, a comforting feel. You know, we painted uh, Coach Collins and Coach Belanger were, you know, on ladders and, and lifts and all kinds of stuff and painting the wall black. So it's, it's, it's a new color. People, when they get out there, they're going to see it. And, um, uh, you know, we've got the advertisements on there. We're so thankful for those people that, that donate their money to help support our athletic program. And, uh, you know, it, it just pops. It, it's, it's really clean, and uh, it provides safety. And I'm, I'm excited that, um, you know, the, the school has allowed us to do that and, and thankful to Dr. Bruno for that as well. Coach Federico, we appreciate the time. Good luck uh, later today in the doubleheader versus Eastern Illinois. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and uh, y'all have a great day, and uh, come see us play. Will do. Michael Federico, ULM's new head baseball coach. It does. It, you wouldn't think it would make that big of a difference out there. Oh, you've been raving about it. Yeah, it just, I don't know what it, maybe it's because it's You'll shut up it, about it, really. It, 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 it really just, 
it makes the ballpark just it has a little bit more of a classy feel to it. Yeah, it's like you said, it gives Pop. you that pro flair. Yeah, I like. I, I'm disappointed he's not on the meal plan. That would add a whole new meaning. Adding the fifteen, for the the fifteen for freshman fifteen. Oh, yeah. Goodness gracious, Aaron, that's awful. Uh, no, serious. I did like what he said about um, you know not only is he you know new coach trying to figure out who goes where and and everything else, but also. Figuring out which pitcher can inherit tra- traffic on the on the bases, I, I like that a lot. That's a that's a trait that you, know, you don't really think about when you're, when you're thinking about new coaches and you know putting the pieces together. New baseball coach out at ULM, a new head football coach at Carroll. You'll hear from uh, Alex Tank Washington coming up after the break. The morning drive, sponsored by Bor. Bank of Ruston, now in Monroe, your investment property, business, and home loan specialist. Come see BOR at our new location, 2450 Tower Drive in Monroe, or call us at 812-BANK. BOR, we are your Monroe Banking Center. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whatever you want, at RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit RonnieWardToyotaOfRuston.com. Drive the dream, live to drive. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward, Toyota of Ruston. Welcome back to the show. We did have some uh, coaching news yesterday. Uh, Carroll fans, I guess, reintroduced. Is that the best word, Jay? Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Uh, to Alex Washington, a former player and, of course, was an assistant coach with Carroll last year. But now he's got a new title. He is the head coach and the athletic director. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. How you doing this morning, bud? How you doing? I'm doing fine. Good. Uh, enjoyed the press conference yesterday, and of course, uh, you getting reinduced with uh, some of the fan base there at Carroll. Uh, now that you had an opportunity to kind of sleep on it, uh, what does this mean to you and your family as you are new? You are Carroll's new head coach. Uh, you know, it's big to my family. I uh, woke up this morning kind of happy, uh, just excited, ready to leave for our nation. Let's uh, uh, go in reverse here a little bit. Just uh, take us back to what it was 2006, your last year playing at Carroll. You were a highly touted offensive lineman coming out of high school, and you make your way over to Ole Miss, played a substantial time for them, uh, made uh, countless starts. What was that like for you, leaving Carroll and getting an opportunity to fulfill your dream in the SEC? Uh, it was a different world. Uh, you know, I got to establish great relationship with some people over there, uh, play with some of the top people in the nation. You know, it was just, it, it was a wonderful experience. You went from there. Did you know right away that then you, that's what you wanted to do, go into uh, coaching? 
Yeah, yes, sir. Um, you know, I kind of stayed in touch with uh, Coach Farmer and Coach Berry at ULM, you know, throughout my playing career. When I would come home, I would go over and visit with them and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, I let them know I was interested in coaching, and they let me know if they had a spot open once I finished, you know, they were going to bring me on. So, you know, magically, you know, God saw that fit, and, and I ended up there. You were a graduate assistant there, then you moved on to – where did you go after ULM? I was a... Um, I went to Livingstone College over in uh, Salisbury, North Carolina. It's a Division II uh, HBCU school. So you're in the college ranks. So what ultimately then drew you back to, well, let, let me get into the high school ranks, and that's where I, I want to really go. Uh, uh, Coach Bradshaw called me one day uh, and let me know he was going to get the job at Bassett and asked me if I was interested in coming along. Uh, and I met with him. You know, things looked good, and I came back home. Did you ever envision this day that uh, you would be uh, Carroll's head coach when you were playing for the Bulldogs? I always had that dream, uh, but I didn't think it was going to come so soon. But, you know, uh, it came. I was qualified. Now I'm here. The fact that you have the experience, of course, with these kids being an assistant there, uh, does that give you a leg up, just kind of knowing the personnel that you have and, and kind of the inner workings there, Carroll? Yeah, you know, I think that gives us a, um, you know, gives me a leg up. But I know we got a long way to go. I'm excited, you know, to get in there and battle with those boys every day. Yeah, you you being at Carroll last year, I think, is a, a big help for you. How would you describe this group that's coming back next year? Um, we got a we got a we got an experienced group. I think coming back, we lost a couple seniors who played a lot of ball for us. Um, but the group coming back, I think they they're ready. You know, they're ready to see a new day. So, you know, I'm going to get some good guys in there uh, to coach them up. We're going to try to change it. Yeah, and you're playing in probably one of the most difficult districts in the state, no doubt. And, you know, it, it seems like every team has, you know, the, the defensive first mentality. Does your coaching style fit that same defense first mentality? Um, I'm more of an offensive guy, but we're going to make sure we get a great defensive staff together. And uh, I want to play fundamental sound football on defense and offense. Alex Washington Carroll's uh, new head coach joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline. You mentioned your staff. you got a number of guys that, of course, applied for this job that you beat out. How do you now bring that whole staff together? Um, you know, since last year, you know, i kind of been evaluating the guys. Uh, you know, we'll do a little bit more evaluating, uh, seeing which my guys I'm going to be able to bring in, and we'll go from there. Uh, Alex, uh, you got the nickname Tank, and when you're six four and uh, over three hundred pounds, I think we know where you got your nickname. But uh, when did it come about, and how long has it been? Has it stuck with you? Uh my my pal Recreation Center days, Coach Steve Freeman. Uh, he he nicknamed me that, and it it kind of stuck since the sixth grade. Yeah. Nice. Well, congratulations uh, on the new gig. Uh, it should be fun to watch the Carroll Bulldogs with uh, Alex Washington leading the show. Appreciate the time, bud. All right, thank you. Y'all have a good day. You too. Yeah, uh, you know, new head coach at Carroll. And I, I can't wait to see that district go down again next year. I mean, you saw what Richwood was able to do this past year, really break through. And then, of course. You look at Richwood. All right, let's just start there. With the number of players, how many did they have? They had six sign on National Signing Day, another three, three including uh, the, the Reeds at linebacker. I mean, that is going to be some big holes to fill across that lineup. Uh, Coach Harvey had been, been building up for this year. Yeah, I was going to say, not only that, but these are the names that you've heard about year in and year out, right? I mean, and then this this was always the year that 
this past year was always the year that was circled like, okay, this is when this class is going to be at its seniors. They should break through and have a really good season. And I think they even exceeded expectations by going to the state championship game. Now, where do you go if you're Rootswood? And that's the conversation we've had a lot with Coach Arvey since then. And, you know, what he'll say is, well, the kids got a taste of it. They now know what it takes to have a winning program, and we'll use that this offseason and, and build the next group. But that said, I mean, that, that's, that's great, and I think that, that bodes well for you, but you still got to replace those great players. And we're talking about some studs like Jaquarius Five and Adara Caesar. So you got to think that the door is open for, for someone else to challenge, right? All right, so then the, the next step you would make take, you go to what uh, the quarterfinals and the team that they beat, Sterlington, and, of course, the Panthers were the team, the wild card going into this district. Everybody was saying, well, how could they handle the tr transition or how would they handle it going from 2A to 3A? I think they answered that question. But the problem is now it's kind of the same situation. they've got some major playmakers that they have to return. I mean, you're looking at Dawson Snell on the defensive side of the ball and then Carson Clowers. Uh, underrated in the high school ranks, what he did and delivered for the Panthers uh, week in and week out. That's going to be the hardest position. Uh, look, it's kind of tough to, to say which one's the hardest because we all know what Dawson Snell has done, and we've talked about it you know, time and time again about how great of a linebacker he was and how, how special he was for that defense. But Carson ran the show, and Carson, Carson was just, uh, you know, you could call him a game manager. We laughed at that last year. But he really didn't know how to manage the game. And all of that. The thing about last year was fun. You know, you'd hear the coaches going into the game on and off the record, and they think, we're going to be able to contain right, uh, right. Carson Clowers. Then you visit afterwards <laughs> like, well, he was a little bit faster than we thought. <laughs> every single coach. Every single coach is like, yeah, he's faster <laughs> than what he looks. But uh, that was always fun to, 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 to go back and, and talk with those coaches about. But this year, so how do you replace that? That's going to be tough. That, that's, that's not a gimme. And, uh, you know, they're going to have a lot of good running backs. They will have that, um, you know, just because they suffered a lot of injuries. And, you know, C.J. Colvin will be back, uh, hopefully healthy and, and ready to rumble. And, you know, we were all expecting a breakout season from him. So that's something to look forward to. But, you know, on top of all of this, you know, you lose Chandler yeah. Moncrief to West Monroe. He, he, he transferred over to West Monroe, one of your best defenders. I'm glad you brought up C.J. because he was going to be uh, literally, I mean, you were envisioning perhaps a 1,700, 1,800-yard yeah. rusher oh. early on in the year, just how uh, you know, the Jamboree and other things. Well, I was going to say, watching the Jamboree, he was great too. But watching that scrimmage against Cedar Creek, I was like, okay. Because mm. right before that, you know, some coaches walked up and said, yeah, CJ is going to have a breakout year. And then you see it, and you're like, yeah, definitely. <laughs> also in that district, you look at a union. The Farmers, it appeared, were back on track. A big win against Manny. And then uh, they had some tough losses along the way. You know, Spadafora has got those kids in the weight room as we speak, uh, yeah. getting ready to make another run at this thing. Yeah, union is always the wild card, right? I mean, you know they're going to be well coached. You know they're going to be disciplined. You know they're going to be just tough, yeah. just mentally tough, hard to break that team. So I, maybe this is the year they can step up and, and, and make a push. And, and then you get to Wassman and Carroll, okay? And this is where I think – And you look at, at Wassman and just, uh, you know, Dean Smith would be the first to admit it. They had to eat some humble pie last they did, year. They did. They did. It was, it was all about, you know, rebuilding last year. And they, he played a lot of young players. And I think that's going to benefit him this year, you know, getting to see those players have that experience – uh, you know, playing two sophomore quarterbacks going back and forth. They'll be juniors next year. I look for them to make a push in the district. I look for them to improve 
dramatically next year. And then we get to Carroll. You know, we just talked with new head coach uh, Tank Washington. I, I don't know what to think about Carroll because they had a – this was – in a lot of ways, last year was kind of like Richwood where you were waiting on this year to come because, you know, th- this special group that, you know, went 0-10 just a couple of years ago, they were part of the resurgence at Carroll. And then you lose your quarterback in Odarius Sellers right before the season. I think that really killed their momentum. And they had they didn't have the best of seasons. They you know especially with the expectations that were that were placed on their back. Uh, you know I, I thought they underachieved, but it, it's hard to overachieve when you lose your starting quarterback, a guy that's been your quarterback for the past the previous two years. So I think that put them in a hole, and they just weren't able to overcome that. And then of course uh, Madison in that district typically they get off to a fast start with their weaker <laughs> yeah. schedule, and now they got to figure out a way to replace. Kevin Jones, exactly. the versatile athlete, has moved over to ULM. So that's always one of the most – or last year it was one of my favorite districts to, to keep an eye on just because you had so many uh, players in that district. It could have – you know, when, when you're describing who – or when you're predicting who's going to be the district champion, you could have got three or four different answers. Uh, so I'm interested in seeing how Carroll fares in that district next year. Final takeaways from uh, yesterday, the press conference for uh, new uh, Carroll head coach Alex Washington – it was good. It was a nice event to kind of see the school board members there and, and some of the fan base and, of course, the players in there welcoming in and tank. The other thing that stood out, you know where I'm going? Your selfie? No, uh, uh. We, could, we could go. Coach Washington, <laughs> uh, he's got two. He's got, what, I think, oh, four yes, or five different yes, kids. He's yes, got yes. two boys that just they stand out. I mean, one's a 10-year-old, and I'm looking at him literally eye to eye. Yeah. Good-looking kid. Ten-year-old's going to be a prospect. Yes, I think no that's, doubt about I think it. that's safe to say. Jake would offer him right now. I would offer him right now. <laughs> so any college coaches, come after this kid. We, this is the new age of, of college football, right? They're never too young to offer. Uh, but, no, my takeaway was Aaron walks in and somebody goes, Mr. Aaron, take a selfie with me. Aaron's down here taking selfies with kids. So, Mr. Popular. He's a prospect, here. man. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> that picture could be worth something right. in a couple you of years. That's right. You need to hold on right? to that. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. Man, to have that size and to be in fourth grade. Man, no kidding. <laughs> and that was another thing, too, is, uh, you know, uh, David Bryant was talking about it the first time he saw uh, Tate Washington as a seventh grader. He said, yes. I will never forget that moment. Yeah, yeah Tate's a big guy, man. 888-993-7762. Reminds me of going to Carroll Games and, of course, seeing uh, Rashard Lawrence on the sidelines uh, dancing around and having fun. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Right. He would develop into one of the premier players in the country. Exactly. We're back after this. Uh, you can hit us up, 888-993-7762. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.